Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and I was also the speaker on Sunday. Yeah, you were. And today I am joined by Brian Cobley, our youth director, who is showing off his San Francisco Giants gear, and Allison Oconey, our community care pastor. <laughs> Classic. Well, um, I'm going to turn things over to Brian because I spoke on Sunday, and traditionally I drive the podcast, but I'm the speaker, so it would feel weird for me to ask questions to myself. So, see, I'll take over. Yeah. Um, so Hayden, you know, every week we uh, we ask this question. Um, so, how long did you, uh, you know, mull over, you know, your point? Like, how did you get there? I'm just kidding. I don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> Should you remind the studio audience what our series was and then give us set up? What would you want want me to say? Oh, I don't know. I I thought that's what you were going to say. Yeah, so if I would do 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 it, what would I say? Then I would have thought you'd say, like, so we find ourselves in like Uh, the series called Circles, which dot, dot, dot. Yeah, okay. Uh, So we find ourselves in the series Circles. Uh, I'll step in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we've been in. Okay, go so, ahead. No, I'm good. Help so us. we. <laughs> so we did just wrap up our three-week series called Circles, where we focused mm-hmm. on the three circles of influence that we have in our lives. First one is the one I did, which yep. was the home church. I'm really. I know you say church home, but I just feel like that's a little too close to. It is tough. <laughs> I didn't wanted to say church home yeah, too. But I, and so even in the message, I kept saying home church. I, I just I didn't yeah. want to say church home. Yeah. Um, and then you had our next circle, which was the one mile radius of Woodenville. And as Hayden said, so jokingly said in your message, mm-hmm. we gave you the rest of the world. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, so- <laughs> you guys got little circles. That was hilarious. And then I got everything outside of the two little circles. So I know you joked about it on stage, but honestly, how did you feel the weeks leading up to your message? Yeah. <laughs> so I've I have preached before this wasn't my first sermon but this was my first sermon at arbor so i did have a weird sense of like i should really do a good job put a lot of time Mm -hmm. into it so i don't know what month it might have been february that we decided to go with circles or it might have been january and then we were talking about who would take each week and then somewhere along the process the third week was open which was the world and we wanted Scott to do like the week after me for the new series. So then it was, was originally we had Scott doing home church. Yeah. The whole thing, I wasn't going to be in circles. It was going to be Scott, you and Allison. Um, and then for whatever reason, I don't know the minutia of it, but Scott got moved to the first week of forgiveness. And then there was an opening for the third. And Allison was like, Hayden, I think you should do it. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I thought, actually, if I'm going to speak for the first time at Arbor, this is the most friendly format for me. And you were the only staff member who has not done it yet. Yeah. Like Michael did it the sum in the summer. Um, and I hadn't done it. And I've tried to stay away from it just because I'm it's not it's not I don't enjoy doing it all that much. I enjoy the I enjoy the research and having like another reason to get into my Bible amongst like the other things that I'm already doing. So for me it was like I want to do it, but the idea of being up here for 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. is also terrifying mm-hmm. because I think I mentioned a little bit in my sermon, but I have no stage fright singing and playing music. And I know for other people that might be anxiety inducing. Totally. But for me to stand up here and just speak for 35 minutes, I'm like, that sounds awful. So, so much fun. 
Yeah, you guys love it. I just, I'm <laughs> like, Allison, do you actually love it? I've, I've never actually asked you that question. Do you? Actually I think love it, it depends on the subject that okay, I'm teaching, yeah. and there are some subjects that are harder for me than mm-hmm. others, and others are a complete delight. Oh, yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't concur. I think it's fun. <laughs> I think it's fun when like the jokes land. Yeah, and there's less pressure on you. How did you feel about that? Because you did say some jokes, yeah. and I was the only one laughing in the yeah. back because uh, yeah. I thought they were really funny. No one came up and slugged you, which we felt was a yes. win. Oh, come so. on. Too after, soon. <laughs> after last night's too Oscars. Too soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so I had, I had two jokes written out at the beginning <laughs> of my message, and I think you guys caught it if you watched it or were there in person. I had a moment of, like, I froze up, like, right at the beginning. You did? Yeah, I was like, and I, I think I said, sorry. I was like, oh, sorry, guys. Um <laughs> And I was reading my joke on my notes, and I'm like, this is a risky... Like, it wasn't inappropriate or anything like that. It was just like, it would have required a lot of work from the audience to tell that I was being sarcastic. (laughs) And you guys on staff have said sometimes it's hard to tell if I'm being sarcastic, (laughs) because I really sell out for jokes. Did you say it? No, I skipped over it. You did. Yeah. Let us hear it. Come on. Well, the delivery is going to be way different now that I'm sitting and we're not on a pot. So what I was going to say. Stand up. We got a camera. (laughs) You're standing up. I got to remember. So I was going to say, I was, (laughs) I was going to say, hey, just a disclaimer for you guys. I'm a little nervous today. Um, And I know that like I'm usually leading worship and I'm up here a lot, but being up here is a little bit different. I just have some nerves. I know some of you are probably thinking, Hayden, you are incredibly intelligent, devilishly handsome, and very articulate, and you're kind to say that, but this is why I'm nervous. And even there, you're you're not catching the joke, and maybe the joke isn't funny, so I skipped over it. But the whole idea was like... Wait, did it happen yet? Yeah, I'm personifying <laughs> the audience, saying all these positive things about me, and then I say thank you for saying those things, even though they didn't say it. I'm saying it about myself. So I it's realized... It's a little nuanced. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very nuanced. nuanced. You know, I just think... I think we're all playing yep. just normal chess while you're. I'm trying to like, <laughs> yeah. So a, a very meta. Yeah, I was trying to make a meta doing, joke of like, thank you that for 3D, saying that. that yeah. three layer version. So I knew I'm like, you know what? If I make this joke and it bombs, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be so nervous for the rest of my time up there. <laughs> so then I was like, I'm gonna stick to the surface level, not like like really thinky jokes. So I decided to skip that one. And then my other joke was And that was a game time decision. That was a oh, dude. That was a game time decision. Also next time, if you're ever gonna do that again and you make that joke, just say, I told you that wasn't gonna work, Brian. Yeah, exactly. Then, <laughs> yeah. Yep. See and that see, I got Allison this. laughed. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I'm trying to think what my other joke. It was similar <laughs> along those lines of Oh, the other one was so it kind of depended how I did the delivery, but I was gonna say like um, you know, I lead, I'm I usually lead worship. I did it this morning. Now I'm preaching. You're probably thinking, what? Like this is point a, oh, the joke. Or this is this a again? different joke. But so, you should use the same beginning. Exactly. So I would have oh, okay. I would have workshopped it a little bit, but <laughs> um, or I would have used the context. But like, yeah, you see me leading worship. Now I'm preaching. You're probably thinking, what can't you do? You're gonna find out. It's preaching. So and then I was gonna go from there. Um, <laughs> that was a good see, one. See, that was a good one. But <laughs> they were both like a little bit more meta because I'm I'm personifying the audience, right? <laughs> it's not like setup, delivery, punchline. It is. Oh my gosh. It's a little bit punch more thinking. Line. Yeah. So for the for the audience, I just want you to know that I have so much joy 
having this conversation with Hayden because him and I get in just so <laughs> many debates mm-hmm. about the concept of preaching. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, mostly it's like, I, you know, I don't like to use anybody's work. I just try and do research and write a sermon. Yeah. And um, I love that Hayden struggled a little yeah. bit in trying to make it. Yeah. Like. I feel more seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> trying yeah. to make it art. Because I tell Hayden all the time, you're just not the person I can talk to yeah. about this struggle. But now yeah. I feel like, I feel like we're on the same level, man. Yeah. I feel like you, you get me. We even got the, uh, the crash afterwards where you just felt super exhausted at oh, man, home yeah. after doing it. Well, and like like I said this morning, it's a little different because it wasn't a 35-minute message, but I do feel a little bit of connection to you guys because I also was leading worship as well as preaching. So like I said in our staff meeting today, if I were to preach a 35-minute yep. message and lead worship, I'd have that one up on yeah, you guys of like, yeah. you guys think you're tired, but wait till you do a 35-minute message and I did lead worship. Message. When time does that count? And I did that yesterday too. Oh, dang, you did. You taught us yeah. the Jesus loves you thing. John three sixteen. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, so I do. So to go all the way back to where this question started yeah. of how long did I know about it? Um, how long did you dread it for? How long did I dread it for? So Brian's week, first week, I had said because you guys had kind of asked me where am I at in the process, and I was like, I want to see Brian's message. I want to see Alan's Allison's message. Alan's. <laughs> I guess I'm nervous being in front of the camera too on the podcast. <laughs> Which is funny because that's how we started the podcast I know. originally. Was I know. Yeah. But I wanted to look at both of your guys' messages. That way I could see, like, oh, is there a common thread that I can pull through um, for my week? And there kind of was. But then I realized, you know, I'm trying so hard to make this cohesive. And I don't think that's my battle to do. You know, like you guys did really great jobs, but. Your message, Brian, and Allison's message did not have a lot of common framework or even question format. So I'm like, I, I'm going to spend more time trying to make this feel like part three of yeah. Allison and Brian's than just a good message. So, um, but I, I definitely, I think after Allison spoke, I realized oh, now I've got the countdown of yeah. like, <laughs> I have to be done with this. And thankfully, Monday I did quite a bit of work, and then Tuesday. I worked with you, Brian, in the office. We outlined it. Then when you left Wednesday, I came in and Allison and I chatted. Allison was very helpful. Allison provided me with a quote about, um, if you go down to the pit, I will hold the ropes, which I think was honestly one of the best illustrations in that sermon. Um, We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. But all that to be said, I was able to wrap up my message and send it off to you guys Wednesday night. Was yep. it? Yeah, I sent it to yep. you. Which is abs- I've never done that on a week that I've preached. Never have gotten my notes my in. First time mon- doing Wednesday it was circles. Oh, right, so yeah, you got it to me early. Oh yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. Just because I wanted the gr- the table leaders yeah. to have the questions, right? And be prepared ahead of time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I will say so. To give like the um, our context as a staff mm-hmm. watching yeah. you prepare. I do love the the three weeks leading up to your sermon yeah. was, oh, I think I'm going to do this. Yeah. The next time we talk to you, like, oh, I think, I think I'm going to do, do this. this. Yeah. The next time we talk to you, oh, I think I'm going to do this. Like, like each time was like a, a different point, yeah. different verses. Yep. Yeah. So. I think what I found is, um, we talked about it, and it's something that you and I both identify with, is I had this big desire to do like a paradigm shift of like, could we look at this differently? Could could I turn this idea on its head? Could I reinvent the wheel? Which I think you did with John 3.16. But, mm, and Acts 1.8. Yeah, with the oars? Yeah. Yeah, but I had like 
I had some real, I had some really ambitious ideas. Like the first time we talked, I talked about the parable of the sower, and like right. you were, that's right. You were like, I don't know, right? And then you were like, I like that. And yeah. as I went through, I'm like, you know, I could do it, but the amount of follow up conversations I'd probably have to have after the message to explain everything fully, I would, I just was like, I don't have 35 minutes, so this is probably too ambitious. I need to cut it. And I think I went through a, a few different ideas. Um, that we talked about, and then Peter, I think, was one of them. And I was so nervous to tell you guys about John three sixteen because I'm like, man, this, this is my first sermon here, and to go with something so basic, I'm <laughs> supposedly like, supposedly elementary. Yeah, exactly. But right, like it Sunday wasn't, school because you level. included well so much. Even yeah. that alone preaches, but then you included seventeen and eighteen too. Right, yeah. so there's more to it. So let's like let's talk about yeah. John three sixteen because I told everybody on stage that when you showed that mm-hmm. verse to me, and I told my small group or the table group mm-hmm. that when you brought up John three 16, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it actually says world. Like God mm-hmm. so loved the world. And I was like, I've, I've known that it says world. Yeah. But I've never actually like felt or yeah. like even loved yeah. the world aspect of it. I've always looked at it super individually. Mm-hmm. And somebody at my table was like, well, I don't, I can't blame you. I was like, they're like, how many times have you heard the sermon when the pastor goes up there and says, Hey, anytime it says world, put your name on there because mm-hmm. so, it makes it feel a little bit more personal, more, more yeah. personal. And so I kind of realized, I mean, that's, I have seen that sermon technique. I, yeah. uh, maybe in the future I might've done it, but now that I'm yeah. like, actually that ruined my lens of mm-hmm. like, I do love that Jesus loves me and I do love yeah. that God did send his son for me, but I yeah. also need to remember it wasn't just, mm-hmm. it wasn't just for yeah. me. He does love the whole world. And one of your discussion questions for the tables was how do we love like Jesus does? Yeah. And why is it feel intangible sometimes? Mm-hmm. And why is it so challenging? Yeah. And I, I felt like our discussion at our table was amazing. Yeah. Just taking that from where you were that Jesus loves this way. He loves the yeah. world. And so do we also. Well, and I think with that question, it came from an actual like honest and earnest question that I was asking myself because I, in my process, I looked up verses about God slash Jesus, Holy Spirit and the world and the results were good, but underwhelming, right? Like mm. even John three sixteen, it says, uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? But there's no why in there. Like, why does God love everybody? Why does God love mm. even the people that won't choose him? And I got done with that first section, and I felt like I had a great justification for why we should love the world. And the answer was because God loves the world. But that isn't like an inspiring answer, right? Like, you don't hear that and say, oh, I'm going to go out there and love the world now because there's no... I don't think there's like an emotional appeal there from God. It's just like, I love the world, so you should love the world. So that's why I wrote that question yeah, of why love, does it feel intangible? Since God's love yeah. the world and I love the world, I'm going to send my son out into the world. Yeah, I don't got to do anything. I'm exactly. Yeah, you can just son. send Kate out there and he can figure it all out. But that's why I wrote that question was, I understand why I should love the world, but why does it feel challenging and intangible to love the world? Mm-hmm. So. That's kind of where that question came from. Yeah, and the answer that I was thinking about when you asked that, what I said with my small group, is I felt like the world is not as <laughs> mysterious as it once was. Mm-hmm. Um, everything it is, in a sense, so tangible. Like, we can easily hop on Expedia or somewhere, yeah. get a super discounted plane ticket, yeah. and just go on a vacation somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's not this sense of, like, oh, I'm going to work my hardest yeah. to get there mm-hmm. and and discover what that it's it's yeah. so easy to get mm-hmm. in a sense to the world 
Also, feel free to answer that call. No worries. No, I'm I'm fine. Okay. Everything okay, Brian? Yeah. Are yeah. you good? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. We can wait. I'm it, driving. The audience can okay. wait. Yeah, sorry. I don't need sorry. Backseat sorry, sorry. I'm text and drive. Yeah, drive away. <laughs> Where are we going next? What's our exit? I don't. Did you want to comment on the world being so accessible? Yeah. Well, I think that's part of it too. Is um, I think in the early days, what made missionary work so exciting was like there's a group of people that have actually never had a chance to hear about Jesus right mm-hmm. and that population I did a little bit of research into that because they call it like world A world B world C like world C is shrinking just because of the internet right and like there's not as many of these remote villages that don't have internet or books printed in their language like they're that population is shrinking so the idea of reaching you know um, if you go back to like Portuguese missionaries that went to Japan and they had no opportunity to learn about Jesus, that scenario doesn't exist as much anymore. A lot of people have either heard about Jesus through Facebook or they've they've got a Bible app, whatever in their language. If somebody shared it. If you don't share this post, in yeah. If you don't share this message, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus is watching. Um, but I think that's that's part of it too. Is like we can see the world. And I think sometimes the innocence of other people is lost through the internet of like, oh, well, you know, these people are attached to, you know, ISIS or these people are responsible for this. And you start to like, I think, lose a little bit of that draw because you know all the sins of the world and it doesn't feel like you're reaching to this, I don't know, naive or unknowing group of people. And um, I will even tell you, talking about the world, this was so funny. when Russia first invaded invaded Ukraine, yeah. my heart was praying for the people mm-hmm. of Ukraine, hardcore, yeah. like, praying nonstop for them. It was hard watching yeah. uh, TV and like in my lifetime being able being an adult, I'm like, oh my gosh, war like yeah. for territory is still like yeah. it's it's still crazy, isn't it? It's yeah. still yeah. happening. And I remember praying for Ukraine, and then I had a leader stand up and go and was praying and then in their prayer they also prayed for russia and for yeah god to come in one, and yeah. like change leaders hearts let them see mm-hmm. more and just actually pray for russia and i'm like oh right once <laughs> did it uh like just come yeah. to me to also pray for the other side it was almost yeah. like i just i wrote but not off. yeah not only discernment for russia but also the fact that Russia is a different government than ours, and there's a lot of civilians who don't support Putin. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that have been that have fallen victim to victim to propaganda, and they don't even know yeah. what they're believing is a lie, right? So yeah, so even like that aspect of the world, like like yeah, and what like you were talking about with with social media, internet, yeah, they even even mess me up to not even yeah. pray for the world. Yeah. So yeah, this I I tell you this third circle was uh, incredibly challenging to me even yeah. when on that tuesday when you and i were talking about the outline yeah stuff, i was like geez like you challenged me in so many ways even um with a missionary's newsletter i left after i wa- was yeah. going home i'm like how did he make me feel horrible <laughs> about a newsletter well i think i made how you, did you do that i think i made you feel terrible because i also get those same newsletters <laughs> and i and i am not doing that job and i think that's part of what I tried to speak from on Sunday was my own honesty yes. of like, I'm not telling you guys that I do this any better than yeah. you do. I'm just saying, if I'm going to make this commitment, will you make this commitment with me of like, yeah. let's not just read those emails yeah. or those newsletters and toss them in the trash. Like put it on your fridge, be reminded of it, walk by it and, 
and think, you know, we have a friend, David Hamilton. We get his newsletters. <laughs> what? And I do nothing with yeah. those newsletters. But like we, like we have a close relationship with a lot of missionaries because a lot of our classmates are now missionaries. Yeah. So like we have kind of that built-in interest that mm-hmm. some people don't have of like, mm-hmm. this is a, a nameless. Connection. Someone that came back on furlough and I saw them speak at my church once and now I have never seen them for two years or whatever. Sorry, In fact, uh, our table suggested the put on the fridge kind yeah. of missionary yeah. letter. And I was like, we have a fridge. I was going to say, why don't... We're going to put them on the fridge. And I, and I told you guys, I told the church that my goal now is actually find out all of the missionaries yeah. we support. Yeah. And, yeah. and I want to know everything they're doing. I want to I want to let everybody know that they're doing mm-hmm. that. When I encounter a new yeah. person or even... Tell us about Arbor. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and or even a current member that when they talk to me about Arbor, I'm like, yeah, let me, uh, let me tell you what's happening through yeah. Arbor. What's happening in the world. Like, I... I got so excited to know the difference that we're making that maybe we won't yeah. see, mm-hmm. but I want to help people hear the yeah. hear. Well, the story. I wonder even if we can build that into our framework of when we talk about Arbor, we talk about the circles. We talk right. about what's going on here at the home base. We talk about the neighborhood. We talk about impact in the world. We yeah. like easily do that in an announcement or yeah. close. Yeah. Like it's yeah. so easy for us to just add that in yeah. to yeah. tell people. Well, and and like even graphically speaking, if it's something that's like on our rotating slides of just having like the yeah. circles drawn out, right? And then you yeah. have, you know, this is what we're doing in the neighborhood. This is what we're doing at home. This is what we're doing. in Or the circle and, stories, yeah, just making exactly, sure yeah. that we um, highlight some of these things. It encourages mm-hmm. us to like be involved in the different circles if yeah. we keep that fresh in our mind. And I don't know if we'll ever do this, but my, my church back at home that I grew up going to, they had in the, going into their sanctuary a board kind of looked like, you know, like a going in a kid class or mm-hmm, hallway, mm-hmm. but just a board of all the different missionaries mm-hmm, and yeah. their story just ready mm-hmm. for people to read as they're going to the sanctuary. So mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll ever do anything like that, but just mm-hmm. having the information yeah. accessible, even if that's on our website. I don't think that's mm-hmm. even on our website. No. A no. lot of missionaries have privacy issues yeah. that, that's true. you know, kind of yeah. curtail some of that sharing mm-hmm. on a public thing, but... Yeah. Alison, I did want to have a question for you because you've gotten the best of uh, both worlds of youth ministry and adult ministry. Mm. So my table, it was funny, and I assume there was many other tables that had this as well. Talking about missions, couldn't help but to hear everybody's experience in youth ministry. Now, my what's it's funny, as a youth pastor, I've never been on a international missions trip. I've been on local stuff um, in like the inner city of San Francisco all the homeless community that's there. I've been part of local missions, but mm-hmm. never international. But it was cool hearing all the different stories yeah. of their high school days. Of that going, happened at mine too. Yeah, of yeah. going on mission trip. But then there's this huge gap of adulthood where it's not happening. So I want to ask you, in your best of both worlds, where you've been in the youth ministry as a high-capacity leader with mission trips to now being pastor of care ministry here, and just being more around adults than teenagers, what's the, what's the gap? What's the? Well, I think you and I did. You do APU missions? No, down in Mexico. I did six years of a more ministries, oh, which okay. is in San Diego that goes to Tijuana. It's really similar yeah. than that. Uh, the APU experience that I did too, but it's like how many adults are willing to go sleep in the dirt in a, in a tent yeah. for a week with no showers. Uh, your hundred degree heat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah your um, capacity for suffering. <laughs> um, yeah. It just, 
looks different. So like yeah. back in the day, we would take a hundred teenagers down and sleep in the dirt, yeah. not have a shower, do all the hard work, et cetera. And teenagers somehow are really resilient uh, yeah. physically. Um, mm -hmm. I think adults think they couldn't do it. Yeah. So when you then go and you think, okay, we're going to go on a missions trip and we're going to provide you with a hotel yeah. and restaurant food or whatever <laughs> and showers, yeah. all of a sudden your cost differential yes. goes up yeah. and it becomes less profitable for a, a hundred adults to go into a hotel. Um, it doesn't serve the people very well yeah. when you're at a cost like that. I would love to go to a sandals resort. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then take an excursion yeah. to go do some missions. Right. Work As I go zip lining through with my, my Bible in yeah. my hand. Take my Jeep back to my sandals. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there is something about those teen years that uh -huh. it builds in this different sort of resiliency and you're able to do things at um, a cost that isn't going to be cumbersome for the community that you're going to serve because at some point there's a tipping point between why don't you just send the money yeah. and encourage locals to have that industry there yeah. instead of like suburban kids going down for all that yeah cost i th i think there's a ton of value to those those trips i mean i went on six of them i've heard a lot of people go on these mm -hmm. short-term trips right like yeah. 10 to let's say maybe three weeks, right? 10 days to three weeks. Yeah. Um, and for me, like it opened up perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yes. I think the biggest thing people usually take away from a Mexico missions trip is like how much stuff we have yeah. and like the contentness that we see um, from a lot of these like Mexican nationals down there. But um, I think really like the, the real purpose of that, tr those trips is to kind of open your eyes to mm -hmm. like, is this something God's calling me to do? Be a part of the mission field. Mm -hmm. Um, and can I get out of my comfort zone and mm -hmm. be a part of this? Mm -hmm. And I think the answer for most kids is no. You know, I think there's some missionaries that come out of that. But for me, it was it was eye opening and it was um, something I enjoyed doing. But it was also never something that I felt God was calling me to like. Mm -hmm. I want you to go live in another country and mm -hmm. and do this long term. So, and I think that short term missions have kind of taken a a little bit of a hit because we've kind of learned that not all of them are done well. Um, and some of them are really, the issue is um, the focus shifts towards the Americans coming in and like, yeah. you guys are doing the great work. That's awesome. Whereas, yeah. you know, I don't know how a APU, is that what you said? Yeah. I don't know how APU did it, but Amora was like, they had the local pastor on the, the job site with us, right? So the connection so was So the always, local pastor could be the hero. Exactly, yeah. right? Like they could be the connection, not the Americans rolling with their 15-passenger van. They build the house, <laughs> so give the keys over, right? Yeah. Versus like, no, this is, you're going to talk to yeah. this guy once we leave. We're just yeah. here for 10 days. Right. We'll build you a house. Right. Hopefully we'll get a chance to, you know, minister to you a little bit in that time. But then we're gone. Yeah. And we're probably never going to talk again. So you should really connect with right. this local pastor. So. Yeah. Oh, I like the the framework of that. Yeah. Uh, it was cool because there was a guy at my table who was talking about when he was in high school, they went down, um, I believe it was Mexico as well, and uh, built a church. And he yeah. talked about it being cinder blocks and yep. like a tin roof. And he was like, he told me he did that over 20 years ago. 
And I was like, man, it'd be so cool for you to mm. go back, yeah. go back oh. and see that church, yeah. see if that church still exists, or did that yeah. was that the starting spot mm. for that congregation? And now they're in a bigger yeah. facility. Like you helped start, like because that's one of the hardest parts about mm. short term missions is mm-hmm. you usually you don't get to see the mm-hmm. the fruit that comes out of it and trust that yeah. hard work is going. But hey, Nadu, you talked about six years, yeah. that you did that mission trip. Yeah, how many years has it been since? I do the math. Um, probably seven years. Seven years. I'm so 27, and I stopped my sophomore year of college. So, rough math. I think seven years. So yeah. you've been more years removed, which is sad because it was like a big part of my life. Like that was a family. Yeah, thing you do. I think. Yeah. I think you're. There was so many conversations we had in Bible college where you talked about Mexico. Yeah. Like there was. I. I I've almost I've almost been to your Mexico mission yeah. trips at this point. How <laughs> well, times I've heard your stories? For me, like I miss. I, I wish that I could have, this is going to sound sad because I haven't lived a long life, but like I wish I could just go back to like my senior year summer and just live that summer over and over again. Because I remember it was like right before I decided to go to Bible college. So I did Mexico in June and then um, I did summer camps mm-hmm. in July. And I, and I also did like a third one in August. And for me, it was just like, this is what I want to do. And that's why when I got to Bible college, I was like, I want to be a youth pastor. And then I switched out of that because I'm like, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> and God had someone else for Arbor. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you became friends with one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I was like, no, I think worship's more my thing. But I just like, yeah, those times in Mexico were so... Mm-hmm transformative mm-hmm. uh, part of it is being ripped out of yeah. your old life right Comfort. you're you're not back in your hometown mm-hmm. with your old friends and high school like you are with a hundred something like-minded people and you're around pastors and volunteers from the church and then i went to summer camp and all of that and i wish i could be back in that stage because i was like this was a full summer where i was just like every single day involved in something very big and um I guess spiritual, if you want to call that that. So that's yeah. I I miss Mexico quite a bit. Yeah, I do. I do hope one of the big things that comes out of this third circle is the arbor can be a little bit more missionary minded. Yeah. Then, like whether we have somebody on staff or uh, congregant who's like, hey, I want to host one. I want to get a missions trip mm-hmm. started. Well, yeah. and we don't have to go too far mm-hmm. from here mm-hmm. to have a cross-cultural experience. Yeah. Um, our, our youth group actually back in the day m- morphed from going down to Mexico all the time because border violence became yeah. a real concern. Mm-hmm. And parents in our ministry encouraged us to get a little more creative and not just good yeah. keep going down to violent border areas. Yeah. So we started doing backyard mission trips, which we spent the night at the church. We brought in food at the church, still didn't shower, um, but then served in Seattle. Yeah. So it was, um, those were really formative too. I think some of the things that go into a mission trip mm-hmm. that are formative spiritually are, dying to self, yep. right? Out of your comfort zone and away from devices and yeah. um, putting others before mm-hmm. yourself and being awakened in the morning with like spiritual habits yeah. and um, and then having worship yeah. and time in the word mm-hmm. and fellowship. I mean, all those things are just packed full in, yeah. in that week. So, and I think, yeah. The, we may not need to go to Mexico yeah. for it, 
is what I'm saying. <laughs> but I will say there is something about going to Mexico and having a 10-day sunburn. And then, like, what's funny about Mexico is, or at least the part where we were at in Tijuana, is it's similar to Boise, like high desert, so yeah. hot during the day, cold at night. But then you're so cold that you have to put the sleeping bag over your head, but then your face is radiating heat because you've had a sunburn for 10 days. <laughs> and you're just like, I wish I could sleep, but my toes are freezing, but my face is sweaty yeah. because I've got, like, there's a certain amount of, like, discomfort. that I want to do this so bad. You realize that, like, not only can you overcome so much, but, like, God has also given you the ability to overcome these really fleshly issues, right, of, like, <sighs> That wasn't a pun talking about sunburns, but it worked. Um, but like sunburns, right? And like not having, like we took shower bags down, like the camping shower bags. So oh. we at least got to shower. Oh. But it was like, you know, you showered in front of 20 other people, you know? It was like a weird oh. um, setup. But like it was still was uncomfortable. A different yeah. kind of trip. But like you're like, you're still picking sand out of your yeah. food a little bit. And yeah. you're like, so there's a, it's not a comfortable thing, but you, I think after the first couple of days, you're like, no, like this is fun. Like I'm enjoying yeah. this. This is good, even though it's extremely uncomfortable. And one of the things that you said about Seattle, that's, I think every time we do the podcast, we talk about things that we wish we had more time for. Um, that was something that I wanted to hit a little bit harder. And I know it's, we're limited on time, but the idea that when I talk about the world, I'm really talking about everything outside of the one mile radius yeah. to the world. And I know that for whatever reason, we focus on like world missions or global missions, but I wanted the focus to be, and I wish I could have highlighted like there's things that we can do in Seattle, right? That yeah. will impact the world. You don't necessarily have to go to Africa or Asia or Mexico. Like even though the mile stops at Costco, we can still go to Costco gas. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So like when you're fueling up, you are stimulating the global economy and the emission. So um, I do want to say this because I know we're out of time. We can go a little bit over. But I do want to talk about that quote. Of, oh, the William Carey quote? Yeah, I'll go I'll go in the yeah. pit if you hold the ropes. Yeah, so all the credit obviously goes to William Carey and Andrew Fuller, but then the extra credit goes to Allison because she's, she, she, she's the one that pointed me to that because I, you were telling me about a, a workshop that you went to where they said you should include five to seven illustrations, illustrations metaphors, yeah. Yeah. or examples. Because it helps people understand. Yeah. And at that point, I think I had like two. Mm -hmm. And then I raised it up to three with your quote. But um, that quote was so what I was looking It was exactly what I yeah. wanted to. And so amazing. Yeah. And just I put myself in the shoes of William Carey in that moment of how amazing was it that yeah. they can just have no stress of money, mm -hmm. no stress yeah. of resources, mm -hmm. because they knew that there was a man back at home mm -hmm. going to the places for them getting the help that they need so they can keep it and I loved, going. I love that quote because I wish I could have also spent more time on advocating, but the mm -hmm. end of that quote from about Andrew Fuller, what he did, um, I was going to say stateside, but they were British, so British stateside, um, was... That's why he, I said back at home. Yeah. He did, he did all the work so that the missionaries could just focus on the field because they knew that he was advocating for them back home, and that's something that I would love for us to take on that responsibility. I would love that. Of we should be advocating for these people because they're going out and they are they're living with a 365 day sunburn and they're yeah. living, you know, sometimes not sleeping on yeah, great and, stuff. and it's kind of like we kind of shifted to where 
they almost need to do the work. Be like, all right, guys, we are we we're down to our last dollar. Yeah, let me go back stateside and now. Let me start fundraising again. Exactly. They so we can go. They have yeah. to they have to completely pause their mission yeah. field, their their hard work to go get some yeah. more resources and, and then go back. And not to the mental distraction yeah. of trying to meet budget or know, right? being like close yeah. to the We have that just money. at our own home in exactly, our own, yeah. in our own world. Yeah. Imagine them trying to do the hard work but now there's this frustration pressure. and yeah. pressure of yeah. money that's now getting in the way of like what could have been a good 2 hours working on a message of yeah. the gospel is maybe 30 minutes of it and there's like oh my gosh I don't even I'm going to do this message but mm-hmm. who knows how long <laughs> I'm going to be able to do this for like that that 30 or minutes or imagine your sermon it. prep and then re- and then realizing I also have to translate this to a different language yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah so that that or I have to use illustration yeah that I have to learn was, was terrible that quote was so powerful I love and that quote not just powerful but take away the quote that event yeah. is so powerful that, that he yeah. did have Fuller yeah. going and it said that he was going to different places preaching mission-related mm-hmm. sermons. Yeah. And, oh, man. That That's so quote, intentional, yeah. so, you know, to drive interest and support. Mm-hmm. Which is a mission for Fuller in it. itself, too. Right. Because his, he's doing more of the local mission, but the local mission yep. is to help the, the yeah. global mission. And that article That's, gave me like so many main points to speak on because his he has another quote Andrew Fuller where he says everyone's called to be a missionary or everyone's called to spread the gospel but only some are called to do it cross culturally mm-hmm. that for me was like mm-hmm. boom that's a point right there that I don't have to even work on cuz he did it <laughs> for me like and that's why I said everyone's called um what did I say everyone's called to the mission but not everyone's called to the mission field right like yeah. the idea of good good yeah good quote yeah good point so um yeah I loved that quote and Thank you, Allison, for bringing that to my attention because that really you, helped Allison, me. For bringing it to Arbor's, yeah, exactly. Attention. It's funny what you'll. I mean, you ran through your whole yeah. message with me, and that was the one thing that I was like, "Oh yeah, I wonder if this quote would work." Yeah, you know. So it's funny how. And I did a little know. bit of research because I wanted to make sure that like um, William Carey wasn't cancel cultured. Well, <laughs> that's always that's always a good thing to look. Like, through. are we able to <laughs> use this guy anymore? <laughs> but also, I was like. I want to make sure that he's not being um, derogatory towards India by saying, like, I will go down to the pit. So I had to, like, research, like, what did he mean by that? Is he not calling, like, is he calling India a pit? Like, I'll go down into Sodom and Gomorrah if you hold the ropes. (laughs) Like, he was, that was just, like, the way he said it, and there wasn't any sort of evidence of him, like, besmirching the name of India. So, Mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah. All right. I can't think of anything else to really talk about for the message. If I had more time... I probably would not have done this message, so I'm glad yeah. that oh, I. Hayden, <laughs> maybe your yeah. maybe We're your jokes would have your jokes would have landed. Yeah, a little bit better. We will is, have more yeah. from Hayden in the future. For we sure. will have more from we Hayden. Would you like gotten that kind of feedback to close us off of circles? Yeah, uh, of circles of the podcast. Both. Okay. Um, well, I already closed yesterday, so if you want to close to that, go check out the message. And then Allison and Brian came up and closed again. Um, But for the podcast, thank you guys for watching, and we will see you guys next week. In our own world, imagine them trying to do the hard work, but now there's this frustration.